If you have your Bible today and you would like to read with me from the Scripture, we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 5, and uh, beginning with verse number 1. This is a very familiar portion of Scripture today. Luke chapter 5, beginning with verse number 1. Luke chapter 5, verse number 1 through verse number 11. The Bible said, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake Genezareth and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, And prayed him or asked him if he would thrust out a little from the land. And there he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a great draught or a great catch. And Simon answered unto him and said, Master, we have toiled all night. And we have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, the Bible says, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and the net began to break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came, and they filled both of the ships. So that both of the ships began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the great catch of fishes which they had taken. And so also was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. Simon eventually becomes Peter. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to the land, they forsook all and followed him. And I'm going to stop reading right there this morning. Ask that you bow your heads And let us pray together and ask the Lord for his anointing and his help in ministering the word of God. Father, we are grateful today, Heavenly Father, for your presence in the house of the Lord. We are thankful today, Lord, for your promise that when we gather in your name, you are in our midst. Thank you, Father God, for your eternal word that is forever settled. I thank you this morning, Lord, for your anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I would ask that your anointing would rest upon me. Indeed, of my own self, I am incapable. But if you will touch me and if you will bless me to be a blessing. 
I pray that you would put your thoughts in my mind and your word in my mouth and that you would give me liberty to speak in the house of God today. I would ask, Heavenly Father, above all things, that you would allow Jesus Christ to have preeminence, that you would let Jesus Christ be glorified, and that you would let the people of God who are here in this place and who listen by way of the internet, I pray that you will cause them to be edified and cause them to be blessed. Touch me now. Give me unction to function. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we ask it. And everyone in agreement with that prayer said amen. amen. So I want to title my message this morning, Nevertheless, at thy word. Nevertheless, at thy word. As I begin to prepare for this service today, I couldn't help but ponder in my heart a few simple questions as I began to feel the Holy Spirit placing upon my spirit what He would have me to bring to you today. The thought that came to my mind was how many of us have ever experienced failure in our lives? How many of us have ever tried something and it just didn't work out? Amen. The proverbial belly flop. Anybody ever been there, right? If I were to ask for a show of hands this morning, no doubt every hand in this auditorium would go up because we have all experienced failure. It is part of our human existence. We have all experienced failure in one way or another. Maybe a failed marriage, a failed financial endeavor. Maybe we have experienced a, a spiritual failure. And when we were faced with temptation and the list could go on and on and on because failure is a very real and very complete part of the human experience. We live in a world today that has a everybody gets a trophy mentality. Hello? No, let me explain something to you this morning. Amen. Not everybody gets a trophy. Those that strive to succeed are those that find success. Hello? Amen. Failure is a part of our existence. I can tell you this morning from personal experience that there have been plenty of times in my life that things did not turn out as I hoped that they would. There have been plenty of times in my life that I gave it my best effort and came up short. There have been times in my life that despite my best efforts like Peter, all I seemed to pull up was an empty net. 
We have all experienced those kinds of things. There have been times in my life when I have experienced failure and it is during those times in my life that I had to pull myself up by my bootstraps and say with Peter, nevertheless, at thy word, I will try again. I will strive to do again. There have been times that in your life, no doubt, you have experienced failure and you had to determine that you would start over and try again. What I want you to understand this morning is that failure does not have to be final. Failure does not have to be fatal. Failure this morning, amen, does not have to be final or fatal. We must understand that if we will keep our hand in the hand of God and we will keep our faith anchored in Jesus Christ, we may experience failure, but our failure can become a stepping stone unto our abundance. Our failure can become our launching pad, if you will, amen, for success. Failure does not have to be fatal. It is reported that Thomas Edison failed over 10,000 times before he ever created or invented a reliable light bulb. When asked about his failure uh, and about how many times he had failed, Thomas Edison said these words, and I quote, I did not fail. I just found 10,000 ways that it will not work. Amen. There's a great deal of truth this morning in the old saying that if you first don't succeed, try, try again. I had a really good friend of mine. He and I were inseparable in high school, a good buddy of mine. And he used to say jokingly, if at first you don't succeed, give up and quit making a fool out of yourself. <laughs> Hello? Well, let me just tell you what, now he said that, you know, he was just teasing, but let me just tell you this morning, amen, we are going to experience failure and those who are persistent, how many of you know persistence pays, those that are persistent and those that will get back up and strive to go again, those are the ones that are going to find success. The story that we have read this morning is a very prominent story in the New Testament. And it takes place at the sea or the lake of Gennesaret, early in the ministry of Jesus. This body of water lies in the northern part of Palestine. It has almost a tropical sort of climate to it. It is called by four different names in the scripture. In the Old Testament, this body of water is called the Sea of Chinnereth, meaning a harp, because it is shaped like a harp. In the New Testament, it is given three separate names. It is also called the Sea of Galilee, because the region of Galilee lies along its western shore. 
It is called the Sea of Tiberias because there is a city by that name that is located on the southwestern side of the shoreline. It is also called the Lake of Gennesaret because of the vast plains that come into contact with it on the northwestern side of its border. In reality, it is not a sea. It is a fresh water lake. It is a lake that ranges from 160 feet to 80 feet deep. It is approximately 14 miles wide by 9 miles long. It roughly is about 686 uh, feet below sea level. It is fed by the waters of the Jordan River and the spring runoff of Mount Hermon. Today its shoreline is very deserted, but in, in the day that Jesus walked those shorelines, uh, amen, the, the Bible tells us that there were about nine major cities that surrounded at the shoreline. At each one of those cities, uh, historically, you can find that the population of each one of those cities was about 15,000 people. So the industry around that lake or around that water, that body of water, there was agriculture, there was boat building, and there were fishermen. Lots of fishermen. It is the backdrop of our text. It is the backdrop of where our text takes place. And there are two things this morning that I believe that the Holy Spirit has shared with me to share with you about recovering from failure and overcoming disappointments in our life. Since we have all experienced failure, there are two things that are a part of this story that I believe that we can learn from in our lives to bring about a turnaround or to bring about success from our failure. This morning I ask that you would just open your mind, the theater of your mind, on the screen of your mind, play the picture as, it, as, as the story pans out. Jesus, the Bible says, a multitude has come and gathered around him and they are pressing against him. They are pressing up against him and they are desiring to hear the word of God. They are hungry for spiritual nourishment. They are hungry for spiritual food. The story starts out with Jesus amen, being surrounded by a great multitude and hungry for the word of God. And as the crowd gathers around him, Jesus looks upon the shoreline and he looks upon this massive crowd that has come and he desires to speak the word of God to them and all he sees on the shoreline are two boats and there is Peter and there is Andrew, Peter's brother. The scripture calls him Simon because his name had not yet been changed. 
But there is Peter and this brother Andrew and they are washing out their nets. There is a secondary boat and there is James and John and they are brothers and they are the sons of Zebedee and they are partners together and they have all been fishing all night long and yet they are unsuccessful and yet they have come up with nothing but empty nets. So understand they are washing out their nets and they are coming to a close of a long hard night of labor. He he tells us in the scripture, Simon tells us later, Lord we have toiled all night. They had labored all night. They had been out all night working and trying to catch a fish for their livelihood and they come up with nothing. They are washing out their nets. They are washing out their nets and and getting ready to put them away and anchor the boat and go home and go to bed. So understand that Jesus has one agenda and Simon and Andrew and James and John, they have another agenda. Jesus is wanting to minister the word of God to the multitude and James and John and Peter and Andrew, all they want to do is go home. All they want to do is hang it up and go home. Jesus is desiring to minister the word unto the hungry and they are feeling discouraged and disheartened and they are feeling disappointed and unenthusiastic about the whole thing despite their expertise in their trade. Despite the fact that they had put forth their best effort, they are putting away their nets because they have been unsuccessful. However, Peter and Andrew and James and John are about to have a turnaround and they don't even know it yet. Let me just tell you here in this place this morning, some of you are about to have a turnaround and you don't even know it yet. I said, some of you are about to have a turnaround. Some of you are about to, amen, pull up something in the net. Uh, the net's been coming up empty. Amen, but you don't even know it. You're about to have a great catch. Mm. Peter and his companions are about to have a turnaround of epic proportions. Amen. They are about to have a a turnaround that blows their mind. And let me just tell you this morning, I believe that if we will apply just the two simple principles that the Lord has laid upon my heart, we too can experience an epic, monumental turnaround. Amen. And see our, our failures go to success this morning. The first thing that I want to point out to you is that they allowed Jesus to take control. They allowed Jesus to take control. If you will notice, the text says that Jesus entered into one of the ships or one of the boats. And I will ask you the question this morning as we ponder this point, whose boat was it? Whose boat was it? 
Who did the boat belong to? According to verse number three, the boat belonged to Peter. If you read verse number three, you will find out that the boat belonged to Simon. It was his boat. The text does not tell us that Jesus asked permission to get in the boat. Jesus just got in the boat. And it becomes obvious as you read the text that Peter's response was simply to surrender his will to the will of the Lord. The text does not tell us that Peter put up an argument. The text does not tell us that Peter put up a fuss. The text does not tell us that he tried to kick Jesus out of the boat. It doesn't tell us that he looked at Jesus and said, I don't know who you are, but I'm in charge here. Amen. No, the text, all it makes clear to us is that when Jesus got in the boat, Simon relinquished control unto the Lord. Hmm. Let me just tell you this morning, that's the starting point to success. That's the starting point for our success. We, this morning, if we are going to experience a turnaround and we are going to be successful where there has been failure, if we are going to bounce back from our epic failures, then we have got to not only allow Jesus in our boat and in our life, but we have got to let him be in control. It's not enough to just let the Lord into your life. He wants to be in control of your life. You hear what I'm saying this morning? We have got to allow Jesus not only in the boat, but we have got to allow him to be in charge. We have got to to allow him to be in control. I'll tell you this morning that absolutely nothing has greater influence on our personal success than having Jesus Christ in control of our lives. Jesus said these words in John chapter 15 and verse number 5. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him the same brings forth much fruit. And then he goes on to say these words, and without me you can do nothing. Without me you can do nothing. How many of you have found that to be a truth in your life? I'm going to tell you right now, right up front. I found out a long time ago that I don't have anything that he didn't bless me with. That I'm not capable of anything that he doesn't give me the capability to do. I found out a long time ago that he is in control. And when I let him have control, he will bring success to my life. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. It is not my might. It is not my power. It is not my intellect. It is not my gifting. It is not my ability. It doesn't lie within me, but it is Christ that's in me. Can you say amen this morning? I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Why? Because John 1 and 1 or John chapter 4 and verse number 4 tells us that greater is he that is in me and he that is in you than he that is in the world this morning. Amen. As long as Jesus Christ is in control and as long as Christ is in your heart and in your vessel, you may pull up an empty net now and then, but I got some good news for somebody this morning. You keep hanging on to God and keep your faith anchored in the Lord and he will see you through. Amen, amen, amen. It is not by our power. It is not by our might, the scripture says, but it is by the power of the Holy Spirit. I think that it is important this morning that I point out that Peter allowed Jesus to take control of something that was very important to him. How many of you know his boat was his livelihood? His boat represented his income. When you are a fisherman, that boat is your business. And Peter released control unto Jesus. If we are honest with ourselves, oftentimes we are willing to let Jesus come aboard. But we want to remain in control. Hello? Oftentimes we are willing to let him come aboard as long as he understands I'm in control. Because there's some things I ain't turning loose of. And there's some things that are down inside of my heart that I ain't ready to give up. Mm, Help me, Lord. Amen. I don't mind you being in my life, Lord. Amen. Just as long as you understand there's some things in me that I intend to hang on to. Amen. You hear what I'm saying this morning. Amen. There are some things often within us that we are not ready to turn loose of. But if we are ever going to, amen, turn our failure into success, if we are ever going to turn our lack into abundance, if we are ever going to, amen, experience success in our life, then we have to understand that we need to let go and let God. How many of you have heard that old expression? let go and let God what does it mean it means to turn loose it means to surrender my will it means to give it to him and allow him to be in control of my life Mm. so the first step this morning that I believe that we need to undertake is let Jesus come aboard and allow him to have control of our lives. The second point that I would like to make this morning, the second point that I would like to make is that they did what Jesus asked them to do. Now that is not often a simple thing, hello? 
but they did what Jesus asked them to do. Our text says in verse number four, when Jesus had left off speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a great catch. That's odd, isn't it? Notice that Jesus tells Simon where to fish, when to fish, how to fish, and told him exactly what was going to happen when he did fish. He says, let down your net, launch out into the deep and let down your net, and let down your net for a great catch. Let me remind you this morning that it was Peter that, who, who was the expert fisherman. Peter knew how to fish. He knew when to fish. He knew where to fish. He knew that water like the back of his hand. He made his living on that water. Amen. And, he, and he'd been fishing all night long and come up with nothing. Come up with nothing. No doubt Peter was exhausted and no doubt he was disappointed and no doubt empty handed. The Bible tells us, amen, that they are just washing empty nets for all of their effort, for all of their, for all of their uh, striving, for all of their ingenuity and their expertise. They're just washing empty nets. And I can only imagine what must have been going through Peter's mind. As he steps up and Jesus says, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a great catch. And I can imagine Peter must have been thinking, what's the use? I don't know what you're talking about, Jesus. What do you mean launch out into the deep? And we've been working all night. We've toiled all night. And we have nothing to show for it. We have failed. I'm sure Peter must have been thinking, you're not the fisherman here. I'm the fisherman. I'm the professional. I'm the expert. You're a carpenter, son. What do you know about fishing? Hello. But look what Simon Peter says. In verse number five, Simon answering him said, Master, we have toiled all night. And have taken nothing. Which is Peter's argument for not going back out. How many of you have ever argued with the Lord? Hello? This is Peter's argument. Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. And his argument in our language today sounds something like this. Lord, it doesn't make any sense to go fishing in the daylight hours. The fish don't bite during the day. Has the Lord ever asked you to do something that didn't make a whole lot of sense? His argument sounds something like this. Lord, I'm tired and I've fished all night and I don't feel like it. I don't feel like launching out into the deep. I don't feel like, amen, trying again. Have you ever tried and tried and you become exhausted in your efforts to the point that you just simply don't feel like trying anymore? 
his argument sounds something like this, Lord, I would, I would endeavor to believe you for a miracle, but I don't want to be disappointed again. Master, we have toiled all night. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. We've labored all night and we've tried and all we have come up with is failure and defeat. Have you ever experienced that kind of defeat in your life to the point where you simply didn't feel like trying again? Amen. I I think we could honestly say we have all been there. But I want to point out one little word that Peter says that changed everything. One little word. He says, Nevertheless, at thy word, we will let down our net. That one little word, nevertheless, that one little word changed everything for Peter. What Peter was saying is even though I'm exhausted and even though it doesn't make sense and even though I've already gave it my best shot and even though I don't feel like it, nevertheless, at thy word, I came to tell somebody this morning, if you're ever gonna turn your failure into victory, you have got to have a nevertheless in your vocabulary. I came to tell somebody this morning that that one little word is so insignificant but it is filled with faith and it is filled with Holy Ghost power. Nevertheless, at thy word, nevertheless means I don't care what it looks like and nevertheless means I don't care what it feels like and I don't care what people might say about me nevertheless if I were nevertheless means amen I know I've tried before and I've failed but I'm willing to try again nevertheless means I don't care if it costs me some of my pride and I don't care if it doesn't make sense and I don't care if I do make a fool out of myself nevertheless at thy word I'll move hmm Years ago, a long, long time, in a far and distant land, years ago, my aspirations were to be a country music entertainer. I was going to play music, do my thing, love the Lord, support the church, but I was going to do my thing. And somewhere along the line, what I thought might be success turned out to be an empty promise. And Jesus got a hold of my heart. And he changed my heart and called me to preach his word. And I had good friends in the music entertainment industry that thought that I had lost my mind. And they said all kinds of stuff about me. And it didn't matter one hill of beans what they said. You know why? Because I had a nevertheless in my back pocket. 
I may look like a fool, but nevertheless, I'm going to do what you asked me to do. They may call me crazy, but nevertheless, I'm going to keep on keeping on. They may think I've lost my mind, and they may think I've become a fool for Christ, and they may think I've become a radical, but nevertheless, I got my hand in his hand, and I am going to trust the Lord to see me through. Hmm. Nevertheless means I surrender my will to your will. Nevertheless means that I will do what you ask me to do. Amen. Nevertheless means that I prayed for my lost loved ones and come up with an empty net. But nevertheless, I'll pray again. Nevertheless means that I've stepped out in faith before and made a mess of things. But nevertheless, I'll step out again and trust God for the un thinkable. Amen. Nevertheless declares, I'll fill the water pots with water. Amen. Even though everybody is expecting wine. Nevertheless means that I'll cause you to go and dip like Naaman in the muddy Jordan River seven times and come out clean. Nevertheless nevertheless declares I'll march around the walls of my Jericho and I'll trust God for the victory. Nevertheless means, uh, amen, that it'll cause you to go and borrow vessels from your neighbors like the little Shunammite woman who borrowed vessels and not a few uh, and God gave her a miracle. Nevertheless, uh, will cause you to make a cake for the prophet when it was gonna be your last meal. Uh, amen, Elijah is the example that I'm given this morning and the little widow woman of Sarpath. Uh, nevertheless means I am gonna trust in God. Hmm. That one little word is our bridge this morning from a season of nothing to a season of abundance. That one little word is our bridge from failure to success. That one little word is our bridge from defeat to victory. Somebody in this place this morning and I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit when I say this. Somebody in this place this morning needs to discover the power of nevertheless. Nevertheless at thy word. I may have failed but nevertheless I believe that God has got my back. I may have failed but I got a nevertheless in my heart. I may see empty nets, but nevertheless. I may feel pain in my body, but nevertheless. My prodigal sons and daughters may be acting crazy as ever, but I got a nevertheless that I'm hanging on to. My bank account may look like its own life support, but I got a nevertheless in my heart. My car got repossessed, but nevertheless, I lost my job, but nevertheless, I'm believing that God is gonna see me through. My wife or my, my husband served divorce papers on me, but I got a nevertheless in my heart that's gonna keep me hanging on to the hand of God and trusting in the power of the Almighty. That one little word shifts us.
from the natural realm to the supernatural realm. Nevertheless, Peter tells Jesus all about it. Lord, we have, Master, we have toiled all night. We have given it our best. And I'm coming up empty. I've been there. I've, I've done my dead level best and come up empty handed. But thank God he goes on to say, nevertheless, at thy word, nevertheless, that one little word takes it out of the realm of our ability and it lays it at the feet of Jesus. That one little word declares, I know that it is impossible with me and that it is in the realm of the impossible according to my capabilities. But I also know that with God, all things are possible. Amen. That one little word Word. Amen. This morning, nevertheless, I feel in my spirit a nevertheless kind of anointing in this house. The enemy may be attacking you, but nevertheless, there may be no relief in sight. But I came somebody to tell you, you are only one more net away from your victory. Don't give up on God now. He's about to fill you with a boatload of fish. He's about to give you success like you've never imagined if you'll only hang on to nevertheless Mm. hallelujah the road may be rocky but nevertheless I will bless the Lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth amen 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 nevertheless I know all things work together for good to them who are the called according to the purpose of the Lord. Nevertheless, I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I know the road may be rocky, but nevertheless, amen, the Bible declares that no weapon that is formed against against you uh, will be able to prosper. All we got to do is hang on to the nevertheless. Hallelujah. Somebody in your spirit right now, you need to just tell the devil, nevertheless, nevertheless, Amen. You need to just you need to just prophetically share with the enemy. I know I've toiled all night. I know I'm discouraged. I know my head's hanging low. I know I've come up empty netted. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know all about the trouble. I know all about the trial. I know all about the mess. Nevertheless, I believe God. Mm. Amen. Prophesy your own victory this morning. What do I mean? That word, nevertheless, is a prophetic kind of word. It declares that it will be done before you ever get started. You hear that? Remember the words of Jesus on the cross when he said, it is finished. You remember that? 
But let me just point out to you this morning, it was finished in the garden when he said, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. I just came to tell somebody this morning that you hold the key to your victory in your hand this morning. Get a hold of a nevertheless and hang on to the promise of God. Hmm. Hallelujah. You may have empty boats, empty nets, empty cupboards, empty pockets, but it really doesn't matter this morning. Nevertheless, at thy word, nevertheless, somebody needs to just put hell on notice today. Nevertheless, nevertheless, you hit me with your best shot. You thought you'd knock me down, knock me out, but I got news for you. I am back on my feet and I am still standing. Nevertheless, nevertheless, Let the enemy know that it doesn't matter. I have decided to follow Jesus. He better come hell, come high water, come sickness, come hell, come pain, come rain, come drought, come lion's den, come fiery furnace, come Red Sea, whatever may be. I have got my hand in the hand of Jesus and I'm not looking back. Hmm. So, do you know what Peter did? Nevertheless, at thy word, because you said so. (laughs) Why can you preach this kind of message with such confidence, with such confidence? Because I didn't say it, he said it. Hello? Another little word right under that. I can't back it up, but he can. Hello? Nevertheless. So what did Peter do? Bible said that the same man on the same boat with the same net fished the same body of water. He launched out into the deep. I wonder, I wa- I wonder how he did it. I wonder, I wonder if there wasn't just a little part of Peter that was muttering under his breath. Bless God, I don't know why in the world he wants me to jump out. Just leave me alone, let me go home, go to bed. I've already done this once all night long. Sometimes God will bless us even in spite of ourselves. Hello? I, I don't, the scripture doesn't say that's how he did it. I just wonder what kind of an attitude that he did it in. But here's what happened. Same guy, same boat, same net, same water, same, 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 same. Everything the same. He, he goes out, he drops the net. And there was a whole bunch of fish that had an appointment that day with Peter's net. And, and when they dropped that net, it literally filled the net to the point where the Bible said that the net started to break. Peter must have been absolutely astonished. I fished all night. 
I, I have fished all night and come up with nothing, and this guy tells me to launch out, let down my net for a great catch, and here they are. And his net starts to break. He gets his boat loaded, and the boat starts to sink. In so much that he's looking at James and John going, Hey, you guys get over here. And they come over and they fill their boat and it starts to sink. I call that a net breaking boat sinking load. I, I call that exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ask or think. Hello? Amen. The Bible said when they saw all of the fish, they were astonished. They were amazed. What made the difference? Just two things that I can see in this verse. Just two things that I can pull out. Number one, they had let Jesus have control. And number two, they did what Jesus told them to do. If you want to recover this morning from failure, if you want to be successful, if you want to move from defeat to victory, allow Jesus to have control of your life. And don't just let him in your life and you try to stay in charge of your heart. Do what he asks you to do. How does the story relate to us? Maybe you are here this morning and you feel like these fishermen. You have thrown out your net. You have tried to be successful. You have tried to come up with good things. And your, your net is always coming up on the empty side. I just got news for you this morning. Christ can make all of the difference in the world. Allow him to have control. Allow him to have control of your heart and your spirit. Peter did not give up. He did not give in. He let Jesus take control and he followed what Christ told him to do. And that's exactly how we can find success in our life. That's exactly how we can find success in our life. Bow your heads all over the building this morning. Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we come unto you this morning after we have ministered your word. And I ask, oh God, that you would move on the hearts of the hearers today. There are those of us, Lord, who are experiencing empty net syndrome. There are those of us, Lord, that have exhausted all of our ability. And we are coming up short. Help us this morning to allow Christ to have control. Allow us this morning to follow his word. Allow us this morning to get a grip 
Oh, nevertheless, at thy word, I pray, O oh God, for your Holy Spirit to touch our hearts. In the mighty name of Jesus, I ask. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Is there anyone in this place this morning that would be willing to slip up your hand and say, Pastor Gary, I needed to hear this word today. Yes, 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 God bless you. Oh, sweet, sweet Lamb of God. Sweet Lamb of God. If you, if you lifted your hand, and we don't do this all too often, but if you lifted your hand this morning, amen, I want you to stand to your feet, make, it, make your way to the aisle and come and stand right here in front of the house of the Lord. Just come and stand. We're going to share a prayer together. Glory to the Lamb of God. Glory to glory to God. All of you that are still remaining in your seats, just lift your hand up toward these that have come this morning. The Bible said to pray one for another. This morning we're going to pray for our brothers and our sisters who have come. Just slip your hand up toward them. Heavenly Father, in the mighty and glorious name of Jesus. Everyone that has toiled and everyone that has labored and everyone that has striven, Lord, to do their best and come up with empty nets in whatever area of life it may be, if it's on the job, in finance, in emotional in emotional health, in, in spiritual health, whatever physical health, whatever the situation may be. Lord, they feel like they've been pulling up empty nets. I pray right now that by the Holy Ghost of God, you will put nevertheless down in their spirit. Nevertheless, nevertheless, at thy word. Nevertheless, at thy word. I may feel exhausted. I may feel give out. I may feel worn. I may feel discouraged. But I put my trust in God. Uh, I put my trust in God. Devil, I got one more cast in me. And I'm putting down anchor this morning. And I am throwing out the net right now. And I'm believing God to meet me here in this house. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will turn their failure into success. That you will turn their defeat into victory. That you will turn their song of sorrow into a song of praise and a song of joy. Yeah. Father, I pray in the mighty name of the Lord, fill every empty net in the mighty name of Jesus. Fill every empty net, every empty place, every empty heart, 
In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now I'm going to tell you this morning right now, there's some filling going on. There's some filling going on. I'm telling you right now, by the anointing of the Holy Ghost of God, God is doing some stuff right now in some hearts. He is breaking some chains. He is loosening some bondages. and he.